Oh, and by the way, totally forgot to mention this, Diana had predicted her own death. So what she did was uh, she gave a letter to her butler uh, basically saying that she was concerned for her own life and that she suspected that she was going to be murdered uh, and it was going to be made to look like a car accident. Uh, the, yeah, so Jaden, you and I were talking about this uh, the other day, how the media has been making the uh, Queen Elizabeth look like a saint. When you uh, really look at the royal family, they're not uh, saintly at all. As a matter of fact, they're more like a, uh, not a royal family, but more of a royal crime family. And one of the biggest things that a lot of people could agree on is the suspicious death of Princess Diana. If you guys think that the royal family is... Uh, you know, a bunch of sweet little uh, people that, you know, the, the queen was just a sweet grandmother, the queen mum. All you have to do is look at the suspicious death of Princess Diana and realize that they are not so sweet. Princess Diana, you know, uh, most people that know uh, about uh, you know, it's kind of faded, but um, when it first happened, there was all kinds of uh, books and speculation and all kinds of suspiciousness involved with that death. But when you look at it, that that doesn't look like an accidental death at all. You know, on this channel, we study military operations, and that looks to me like a military operation, the way that uh, that whole thing was conducted. Uh, how layers of security were dismantled, and then the double inquiries that uh, both called it, you know, by, of, of course, public officials that called it an accidental death. But when you look at everything involved with that event, it is highly suspicious. Uh, any Anybody that looks into it, um, even a little bit, can't help but go away you know, come, come away from that event as it being a suspicious event at best and a murder at worst. Uh, Princess Diana, very, very interesting story. You know, she was uh, born uh, in, uh, on uh, July 1st, 1961 to uh, the Spencers, her uh, full name, Diana Frances Spencer. She was uh, born to a family in England that is known for being a uh, family that supports the Windsors. You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a family that is really a, a bunch of syncophants. There's, there's close families to royal families that do all the royal duties, and uh, that was the Spencers. So... Basically, what happened was uh, she was born and was raised, and um, she used to play with the royal kids. And um, she was uh, even, you know, at an early age, she was playing over there. And uh, she uh, told Andrew Morton in his book, Diana, Her True Story, quote, the atmosphere was always very strange when we went there, and I used to kick and fight anyone who tried to make us go. So... Yeah, the Spencers, 
her family has always been a backup family for the royal uh, family. And it, when you look at the courtship and uh, her, her whole deal, it, you can tell that this was arranged uh, by her parents and the uh, royal family uh, at a very early age. The whole thing was just weird. Um, when uh, Andrew was coming, you know, uh, not Andrew, uh, Charles, Prince Charles was coming around. He was he was originally dating Diana's sister Sarah, and uh, so he was coming around. And, and the whole thing was just weird. You, you could tell the whole thing was set up. He was coming around. He was dating her older sister Sarah, and then broke that off, and then started uh, coming around to see Diana. And they would go on dates. And when they would go on these dates. Camilla, his uh, Camilla, who was married at the time, was uh, on these dates as well. So, by all uh, accounts, it looks like that he was already uh, in love with, or you know, dating, or whatever they were doing, Camilla, and um, that he really loved her. But this thing was arranged because he was supposed to get with Diana uh, for her bloodlines. And they were supposed to have a child. You, it's obvious that he didn't love her. When he came around, uh, he, he, uh, you know, they went out a few, you know, they dated for about a year and then he proposed to her. When, when the night that he proposed to her, she drove herself to the palace and then he proposed to her and then she drove home and that was it. And she was all excited, told all her friends and they were all, you know, whooping and, hollering and all happy and um after you know they went back and uh started their uh, preparations for getting married it was obvious that uh he didn't love her as a matter of fact after he proposed to her he immediately ran up the stairs and called his mother uh, as if to say okay yeah i, I did it i I've, I've done as you told me to do and uh, the whole thing was very surgical and clinical and there was no love involved it's obvious that she was targeted because that was the bloodline that they wanted to to get involved with. So after they did that, uh, you know, they started getting married. You know, they worked toward the engagement, all that kind of stuff. She was uh, violently ill. She started de developing bulimia, depression, even before they were married. And she kept talking about how, you know, she... All of her instincts were telling her to run, even the, the day of her wedding. She said that uh, she wanted to just grab up her dress and run out of the uh, proceedings there. But um, yeah, it's it's obvious that uh, Charles was messing around with Camilla before this. When he and Diana went on dates together, Camilla was there. When they got married, Camilla was there. Not only was she there, she was an eye shot of Diana and... Uh, you know, they, they went and got married. Diana even said that she just felt like she was just a, a sacrificial lamb. That's that's how she put it. And um, they went and got married on their honeymoon. They went and uh, went on their, their honeymoon. He unpacks his bags, pulls out seven books and starts reading. That's that's that was their that was their honeymoon. So he obviously uh, was just doing this. Because as soon as they had uh, their first child, 
he was he was done with her. He 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 he, he had he had gotten what he wanted, and now he was messing around with Camilla, and she knew it. She had found a, a bracelet with their code names on it, Gladys and Fred, and uh, you know, so she was dealing with depression, bulimia. He was beating her down, you know, um, mentally abusing her. Uh, the poor the poor girl was a mess. She was pregnant with uh, Prince William, and after that, he showed no interest in her whatsoever. And just to show how weird this royal family is, they uh, chemically induced they they induced birth of Prince William on the twenty first of uh, July, the uh, summer solstice, and they give the they gave the excuse that she that that they they induced his pregnancy for that specific day to to correspond with uh prince charles's polo schedule that that's no crap right there they they induced a birth on a certain day and then put out the story that the reason why they did that was to uh correspond with his polo schedule I mean, if, if, if that just doesn't scream, uh, uh, I mean, that's just uh, un unbelievable to me. Uh, so the poor, poor Diana, as, as we look into the past, you know, and, and see this whole poor, poor situation that this poor woman was put in, it was obvious that she was targeted young. It, it even kind of looks like he, he just came around and was dating Sarah, you know, it's well known that Diana was a uh, virgin. Uh, so it's, it, it, it looks to me like he was coming around while she was uh, 16, dating the older uh, daughter. Meanwhile, having an affair with a married woman, Camilla, Camilla or whatever, and um, did this thing because he was told to do it. And he obviously didn't love her. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a, there's a famous, uh, deal where they were, uh, you know, in front of the press and she says to him, I love you. And he says, yeah, whatever love is. So it's obvious that he was told to, uh, marry Diana to have th the child that way. They induced the pregnancy to happen on a certain date, uh, you know, they put out the story that he was doing this for his polo schedule, but the summer solstice, I mean, it, it, that just happens to be astrologically. That's where I'm going with this. Astrologically, this has a lot of significance, you know, if you're into that stuff. And that's another thing, too. We're finding out that the royal family is, is into all kinds of weird stuff. So... Uh, you know, they, their, their, their excuse was that they were doing this for his polo schedule. I, I don't even know which one's more ridiculous. Uh, people would probably be more believe that they, you know, did it uh, for astrological reasons. But anyway, so after they uh, had, you know, the baby, the first child, that's when things started to unravel. And she started to become a serious problem for the royals. As a matter of fact, they were at war. She was so unhappy and so tired of being treated like she had been that 
she started just telling everybody everything and everybody loved Princess Diana. Nobody likes the royals because they're so weird and inhuman. It's so funny, all of the, um, you know, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, but there's all kinds of books and other things too that uh, uh, go on and on about how inhumane and inhuman the uh, royal crime family is. And we'll get into that later in the uh, episode. But anyway, after Prince uh, William was born, he had, had absolutely no interest in her whatsoever. And then she started finding love letters between uh, Prince Ch uh, Charles and Camilla. And she found a bracelet that said Gladys and Fred on it. And like I said, she was married. So they were messing around. Uh, they obviously were just doing this uh, because they wanted uh, Diana's uh, bloodline or whatever. Uh, both families had probably agreed to this, uh, unbeknownst to Diana, and uh, set this whole thing up. And he continued to play around while he was married to her. So she was so angry and upset. She, you know, there, there was a, a famous uh, press conference where she talked to somebody and, and talked about how there was three in that marriage and it was a bit crowded. So after that, he, he quit coming around. And so now she was left alone with her bodyguards. And uh, there's all kinds of famous uh, evidence that she was now having affairs with the bodyguards. Um, there's uh, a man named Barry Manneke, who was uh, her personal bodyguard. And uh, he died in a suspicious accident, uh, in a uh, motorcycle accident. And um, so she started having these affairs. And she, she went on uh, press and told everybody about how he was the love of her life. And uh, everybody sympathized with her. You know, nobody was like, oh, you know, oh, I can't believe it. They, everybody saw what was going on. And... Everybody loved her and despised the royal family. So she was winning that war. So when you look at her suspicious death, you got to look at the motive. You got to look at uh, the, the situation, who benefits the most. Uh, she was causing big, big problems for them. Uh, she potentially maybe even dismantling the royal family, which I suspect is going to happen. I think Prince uh, Charles <coughs> is uh, so aloof and, um, you know, uh, out of touch with the rest of the world and the rest of his subjects that um, I, I suspect that, and especially when you look at a lot of his weird ties that he has with some people, which we'll get into later in this episode, uh, it looks. I, I, I suspect that the queen was protecting him, and um, now that she's gone, his protection might be gone. As a matter of fact, I was watching. I was looking at, at a uh, article today that was talking about how uh, King Charles would probably not rule very long, and that they would uh, be putting William up there quickly. I already. The, what I'm getting at is this. Already, the articles are starting talking about how. Uh, Prince uh, King Charles now is going to have to step down and uh, Prince William, which would be K King William, will step in and be the new monarch. And they're probably going to have to do that because he's kind of still a piece of Diana. 
So they're already talking about uh, him stepping down. And when you look at the weird connections with Prince Andrew and King Williams and um, some uh, very, very uh, uh, bad characters, Prince Andrew with uh, Epstein Island and uh, King, King William, uh, Charles not. I can't even get these their names all together. Just the whole royal family thing just just annoys me as an American. I, I just don't get it. Uh, it. The royal family is a you know they're you know Londoners Brits. They are not considered citizens. They are considered subjects, subjects of the queen, and I guess subjects of the king. Now they're not considered citizens like Americans. So. You know, this this whole thing is bizarre to me and Americans because we're just used to, uh, you know, more freedom and not being considered subjects. We're considered to have rights and um, considered to be citizens, people, where they are subjects sub to the, to the royal uh, family. So uh, I, I can't even keep their names straight. The, the whole thing just irritates me and how the media uh, treats them with, uh, you know, kid gloves. Uh, you know, so so then after uh, Diana and and them went to war, she was winning, and uh, it was it was just it was just she, uh, uh, un unbelievable what was going on. So then after that, uh, Barry Manneke ended up, uh, like I said earlier, uh, dying. He was uh, decapitated on a motorcycle accident, and um, that thing was suspicious, and. Diana, the way Diana found out about that, and like I said later, she uh, admitted that that was the love of her life. After that went down, the way she found out that he died was Prince Charles told her she was just about to step out of their car into the press, you know, it, right into the paparazzi. And he goes, oh, by the way, uh, your your buddy Barry Manneke died. And then he basically shoved her out the door and um you know, and she's like, what? And, um, you know, so that's the type of mental abuse that was going on uh, with these uh, guys. Anybody that, you know, so so we'll get into, uh, you know, the, the actual event of her dying and all that kind of stuff. And we'll talk about uh, the, the men in her life and how how uh, a lot of them, died. Two, at least two of them, two of them died uh, under sub suspicious circumstances. So, uh, so anyway, we'll get back into uh, the the Princess Diana's uh, death. So after they um, after Diana put her press release out and talked about how he was cheating on her, and uh, then she started looking for love elsewhere, the Queen was finally like, "Okay, you got to go get a divorce." So they divorced, and she was dead within a year of that. And that did a, a bunch of things that caught that that got rid of a big problem for the royal family. She was a major, major problem for them. A huge, a huge media uh, uh, blight on their on them. And it, this when she died, that now cleared Charles to be able to marry Camilla, who we just saw, you know, at his coronation or whatever. They're married now. So after they got the divorce, she started, uh, you know, dating. She was already dating guys, even though they were married. She did. She dated two other guys, a guy named uh, James Hewitt and uh, who, who also was a bodyguard. And then James Gilby, 
who is the heir to the Gilby Gin fortune. And uh, Gilby has come out publicly, publicly and said that he was threatened, that he got a call out of nowhere and said, you need to stop dating, doing whatever you're doing with Diana, or you're going to end up like Barry Manneke. So uh, we've got a situation where the poor girl was unhappy, was, uh, you know, trying to find uh, love elsewhere. And now all of her lovers are being, uh, are dying or being warned off. So after the divorce, she famously started dating Dodi Fayed, the, uh, the son to uh, Mohammed Fayed, the uh, owner of Herod's, uh, a big, you know, a big uh, swanky store in uh, London. And uh, they started dating. And after w the way it looks is it looks like she was dating him, was now pregnant. And within uh, very soon of that, they were both dead. Now, when you look at uh, the actual way that they died, that's very suspicious. It looks like a military operation. Basically, what happened was they went to Paris and um, there was a lot of rumors that a engagement was going to be announced. I think he even like went to a... Uh, uh, a jewelry store, picked up a ring, all this kind of stuff. She gave him her father's cufflinks, which she had said was her prized possession. So there was a lot of uh, rumors going around that they were going to get uh, announce the big engagement. And, of course, this was going to be very problematic for the royal family for a lot of reasons. Uh, she was going to now be out of their clutches. They were going to go, you know, start doing their own thing. But if she was pregnant, think about this. If she was pregnant, what was going to happen was she was going to uh, still be the you know the mother of the future king of England, and she was going to have another uh, uh, son or daughter from somebody else, and they might have had a, a claim to the throne. So you know, if you know anything about the royals and royal families, they are very freaky about their bloodlines and and the succession to the throne and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so they so they were uh, you know it, it seems like she at least really liked him. Who knows with with Dodie, he was uh, dating a supermodel Kelly Fisher, and he totally dropped her like a hot potato when um, he and Diana met. As a matter of fact, uh, there's stories out that Muhammad Fayed, who owned Harrods, had told his security staff and other people in store that if Diana ever came in, and you know they were royalty, they all of these royals would come in to immediately not notify him, and he'd go down there and schmooze her. So he had been schmoozing her for a while. Um, you know who knows the the details on how her and Dodi Fayed met, and then after that they started dating. He dropped Kelly Fisher like a like a like a bad habit, and they started dating, uh, they were running around, you know, doing uh, all the things that, you know, the uber-rich do, you know, going to Saint-Tropez, and all this kind of stuff, and there's a famous picture with uh, Diana in a bikini, and she's got a little baby bump going on there, so, so now we get into the was she pregnant thing, and um, they, you know, the, the paparazzi was there in Paris. They were, they were planning on going to Paris. And there was a big rumor that they were going to announce 
uh, their engagement. And um, so that's what they were doing in Paris when they died. So when you look at now, when you get into the actual accident, it looks very, very suspicious. When they get there, you know, anybody that goes to uh, Paris, they get a special Parisian uh, police detail that all they're tasked to do is watch out, you know, protect, protect uh, famous people like Madonna, you know, the Kardashians, anybody like that gets this special detail. And um, they even asked, uh, you know, whoever was uh, taking care of their trip to Paris three or four times, whether they, they were going to need the security detail and they were turned down all three times. And so that's that's where the military operation uh, comes into effect. Anytime you want to pull off something like this, you know, you, you start peeling back the security to, to make it easier to uh, do what you're trying to do. So they uh, were staying at the Ritz. They were uh, trying to go back to his apartment when they, uh, you know, they'd been driving around Paris all day. They had a, uh, they were in a Mercedes with tinted windows and they had another security vehicle behind them full of security agents. And then here's where another layer of security gets uh, dropped. They, for some reason, somebody decided that what they would do is that the paparazzi was just so bad. I mean, of course, because the Parisian police weren't there to keep them at bay. Uh, so already you can see the uh, excuse being uh, formulated as to uh, what happened. It was the paparazzi that chased them down and all this kind of stuff. But that paparazzi would not have been swarming them had they had security. And they should have had security. So... They uh, they they tried to dine, but the, but the the paparazzi were all over the place. So then somebody came up with the with the great idea to put the uh, chase vehicle in front of the Ritz, and they would sneak out the back in some other Mercedes, and the uh, chase vehicle would go one way, they would go the other, and the paparazzi would follow the chase vehicle and uh, allow them to go. But obviously, that's a ridiculous plan. So. Now they get into a Mercedes that it doesn't have tinted windows. Uh, and this car had been stolen uh, a, a month in advance and stripped. So now, uh, and it had been put back together. You, you see, you see the, the, the even more high strangeness involved with this. So now they get into a car that has been taken apart, put back together. And uh, according to other security specialists, nobody w was looking, had looked at this car to see if there's any bombs or anything else in it. They hop in this car and uh, no tinned windows. I mean, if, if you're trying to, you know, uh, throw off the paparazzi, maybe you should have a bunch of cars uh, that are tinted windows and they all go in different directions. But you could see that she was in there. And so they take off. Of course, the paparazzi had been tipped off and uh, started following them, and they started going not toward Dodi Fayed's apartment like they were saying they were going to, but in a different direction. Now, the driver of that car, Paul Henry, uh, was uh, head of Ritz Security, but it has been known uh, now, and there's been multiple uh, very good books about this, and I'll, I'll give the uh, titles to those books here in a second, Uh he uh, was a, uh, a paid informant for the French DST, which is their intelligence agency, and also for MI6, the uh, British 
uh, CIA, basically, that uh, does uh, dirty deeds done dirt cheap there in uh, other countries. So, so now we've, the driver of their car is in a car that doesn't have tinted windows, that was taken apart and put back together just a month or so before this, and then they just start heading down, hauling ass down the street. And um, here's where things get even stranger. They go into the uh, uh, Point Dalma tunnel, and they uh, hit one of the uh, pillars in there, and uh, there were 17 cameras in the tunnel there. All of them were switched off at the time. So suddenly, the and the police are in control of that. All 17 cameras were suddenly switched off. So there's no video as to what went on in that tunnel. While you're in a tunnel, by the way, you can't see. There's no helicopters or anybody, you know, from uh, above you could see what's going on. So this is the perfect place to cause some some kind of suspicious crash like this. They uh, they hit the uh, one of the pillars and. It takes forever for an ambulance to come get her. And then even after they do pick her up, it takes an hour and 45 minutes to get to the hospital, which is right down the road. So again, we've got more suspiciousness. There was a lot, there was a bunch of people there. Supposedly there was a white uh, mark on the uh, back end of the Mercedes. Anybody that's in law enforcement, they know that they're is a, a trap maneuver that police can do. They can pull up to the uh, back end of a vehicle while it's at speeds and bump it, and it'll throw it off. And there was reports of a flashing light in there. So this this has all the earmarks of a military operation. Uh, it looks like somebody might have flashed an intense laser into the um, into the driver's eyes, which uh, is a thing, by the way, uh, that occurs with pilots. A lot, uh, a lot of times, um, I, I had a bunch of friends that would fly into Kuwait City, and there was people attempting to flash lasers into the cockpit while landing. But anyway, uh, there was uh, reports of a intense light that went off in there, so the driver's now blinded. There's no telling what what's going on with that car now because it has been uh, taken apart. And then, boom, it smashes into the thing, and then it takes forever for the ambulance guys to finally get Diana to the hospital. So once at the hospital, she was declared dead, and then after that, she was immediately embalmed. Now, there's been some people at that hospital that have claimed that, yes, she was pregnant. And, um, uh, you know, think about this. I, I doubt if there's any way to tell... Uh, if someone's pregnant, you know, through, uh, uh, you know, uh, skin samples, but blood would be the way that you could um, tell if somebody is pregnant or not. And they made sure to drain all of that and embalm her. They, they didn't just embalm her once, they embalmed her twice, illegally, by the way. So um, th this whole thing is suspicious with a capital S. So then after that, uh, after she's pronounced dead, you know, that's when the spin started happening. A at the site, paparazzi were immediately arrested. And then after that, uh, you know, the immediate calls that, you know, it was an accident start coming out. But then there was all kinds of suspicious things happening where uh, 
Uh, I was reading a book called David Gardner, Murder, Lies, and Cover-Ups. And there, there's many, many books out there that talk about, uh, you know, her being uh, murdered. And uh, he talks about one of the... Uh, oh, 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 and by the way, totally forgot to mention this, Diana had predicted her own death. So what she did was uh, she gave a letter to her butler... Uh, basically saying that she was concerned for her own life and that she suspected that she was going to be murdered uh, and it was going to be made to look like a car accident. Uh, the, what she wrote in her letter was this, quote, this particular phase in my life is the most dangerous. My husband is planning a quote-unquote accident in my car, brake failure and serious head injury in order to make the path clear for Charles to marry this was written with chilling foresight just 10 months before her untimely death. And then she went to lawyers, multiple lawyers, letting them know that uh, she was concerned for her life, that she felt that her life was in danger, as, and it, that she was going to die as per a car accident. And uh, she described her concerns in a meeting with the late Lord Miscon, head of the London law firm Miscon Dorea, and two of his senior partners, in October 1995. So, she already, she already is telling people that she's going to die as per a car accident. She gets into a car accident. It takes forever. For, you know, there's all kinds of wacky stuff that's going on in the, in the tunnel. Uh, she, um, she's immediately embalmed. All of her bodily fluids are, are stolen, basically. And uh, then you've got, uh, you know, situations where the tracks are being covered. In his book, uh, David Gardner, he writes, celebrity photographer James Edinson, who followed Diana's every move in the week before her death, was thought to have committed suicide when his burned corpse was discovered in the wreckage of a car in the French countryside. But the search for answers in the princess's death crash mystery took another suspicious turn when it was revealed that the paparazzo millionaire had, in fact, been murdered. I saw him at close range, and I'm absolutely convinced that he'd been shot in the head twice, declared Christopher Pollock, the fireman who discovered the body. Edson, who boasted for working for the French and British Secret Services, had been in Sardinia, blah, 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 and followed uh, Dodie and Diana, but was nowhere to be seen in the aftermath of the quote-unquote accident, and later claimed he wasn't anywhere near the scene of the tragedy. Okay, so this guy's a celebrity paparazzi that's been following them everywhere. Then suddenly, the night they die, he's not there. And uh, less than six hours after the fatal crash, and for reasons that have never been revealed, Edinson boarded a flight to uh, Corsica. Uh, he came under suspicion after numerous witnesses said they saw a white Fiat Uno speed into the tunnel and bump Diana's Mercedes from behind, causing the crash. Paint and plastic from the Uno were later found in the wreckage, and the car was traced to Edinson, so David Gardner claims. He denied any involvement, kept a low profile until his death three years later in thick woodland near Montpellier in the south of France. There were reports that the 54-year-old's head had been detached from his body and he had a hole in his temple. A month later, laptops and cameras were stolen by armed men from the SIPA photo agency representing him. Some sources believe that Edson was killed to prevent him from talking about his role in the conspiracy or perhaps that he had snapped some photos proving the wreck that was no accident. Um, so 
yeah. So here we have the royal family acting like, uh, you know, the queen mom was, uh, you know, such a sweet old lady. But uh, we, when you look at the facts of, of the matter, uh, it looks as if she was murdered. Some very good books on the subject is uh, David Gardner, Murder, Lies, and Cover Ups. And um, there are some more uh, books out there. So, yeah, so that's one of the uh, things that has been covered up by the media that uh, makes the royal family look uh, like uh, just your normal family next door when they are really just a royal crime family.